Welcome to the Soul Too Early Sports Card Podcast, where the only thing under more water than our sports card investments is the state of Florida. That's not Kai. I'm parting the water like Moses. Uh, Kai is unavailable today, shockingly. Uh, due to the hurricane, the situation in Florida, he is unavailable. Hence my fucked up joke to start. So, uh, unfortunately, you're stuck with me. Don't click off yet. It's going to get worse. <sighs> Today, well, first, welcome to episode 45. Today, um, let's talk about a couple different things. Uh, first off, shout out to this incredible shirt. Um, I got it from Sports Car Junction. Uh, Nate, DRC collector, got it national. I was always waiting for like a fun shirt to have on the podcast. I don't take myself too seriously. Uh, this is a very funny one. The back says... Um, it's not game worn or any season or event, but it is sports car junction approved or like something by sports car junction. I apologize. Uh, I don't read the back of my shirt. I can only read the front. So <laughs> my bad today though, um, we are on the precipice of a significant amount of major shows. I would call this the last major push of like the summer of 2023, the major show season, um, because after this point, there are still major shows that go on, but there's a different kind of energy to it. The last month, when you look at, uh, I guess, either Dallas or the National in general, or even just National by itself, um, it kicks off this major time in, in the sports card industry in the summer, and I guess early fall, where a lot of these major shows happen. Um, with Burbank tomorrow, I'm leaving for it tomorrow afternoon. I guess at the time of recording, I will hopefully be checked into my hotel, hanging out, probably napping. It's going to be a long, uh, it's like six hour flight for me, but we have Burbank this week, uh, which I will be setting up at. Hopefully I'll see you guys there. And then Dallas. So I actually am taking a red eye home, um, on Sunday night from LA to Newark, New Jersey. I get in at like 7 a.m monday morning and then i uh fly to dallas on wednesday so as someone who doesn't like to hashtag grind and like like saying like that grinder mentality not like the app which i'm sure you're all familiar with of course you're all experts in that <laughs> um as someone who is who does not like hashtag grinding and has this like uh flipper mentality i i kind of am a hypocrite sometimes when it comes to uh the amount of shows i do at least the major ones. Um, the compromise that I and my fiance have, or at least the general understanding, is I don't really do minor shows in the New Jersey, New York, uh, Philadelphia area, or Pennsylvania area, I should say. Philadelphia's a city. <laughs> Oops. Uh, obviously, geography is not the best for us, but so be it. I don't do many shows in the tri-state area in general because, frankly, when I'm not traveling or doing anything major... I want to be home and like I enjoy my, my free time. So when I'm off, I'm off. I don't travel. I don't do much. So the compromise for that is all of these major shows. It just so happens to be that Dallas and Burbank are back to back. And I'm not going to be home that much over the next uh, little bit of time. So I'm excited to see what this Burbank show looks like first. Uh, and before I can even get home and process that inventory or process the fact I'm going to be home... Or leaving for another show. <sighs> once these are over, once these major shows end, um, you really only have one or two more major shows in 2023. 
um, like the Chicago Spectacular is a week or so before Thanksgiving. Um, and then there's one more Dallas show. Like this really is the culmination of everyone's major push in the show world. And yeah, while you'll see people who do this full-time traveling probably to any random show across the country or like their, their local shows, or maybe like a 60, 70, 80 table show a couple hours away, this is one of the last major shows I'm going to be doing. And I prepped way more than I thought I would. Um, I bought so much stuff in preparation for Burbank in Dallas and then another show in the Tri-State area, which I can literally see from my apartment, so I have to go. It is a three-day show, but it's not like a major traveling show. It's 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 a good show if you're here, so like, you know. I bought so much stuff. And all I've done over the last two days, pre-recording this episode, so I just finished this work, I got 31 pounds of memorabilia in from like the Olympics and like random athletes I've never heard of before. And I processed all of that stuff. Good God, that was terrible. It's already worked out a little bit financially. I think all in... For the items, it was like 30 plus items. I paid 400 bucks with shipping and taxes and whatever else. And I've already sold off 200 plus dollars worth of items, which is not a big amount by any stretch, but like compared to what I paid and what I have left, it's going to work out okay. <laughs> Might have been a stupid move and I will 100% own that. But hey, it works. And because I also apparently really hate myself in my free time, I also bought another lot of pretty good inventory that I posted on Discord and then Instagram, packaged that stuff up and sorted that stuff. And then I got Japanese baseball in because I clearly love shilling that product so, so much. Please don't buy it. I, I want to own more. So I don't own that. Don't go after my items. Uh, let me own it. So shut up. Um, Open that, rip that, package that stuff up for consignment, kept the stuff for grading. It's been a crazy time. And now I am carrying the podcast because Kai is underwater, just like the state of Florida. It happens. I think looking into this now with... I'm able to speak to this freely because we have so much information and, and so much is going to be happening over the next seven days by the time that Kai and I are hopefully recording another episode for the podcast, hopefully everything works out with him. It's obviously very important. Like, real life is much more important than sports trading cards. So hopefully, you know, whatever comes from the hurricane is, is very minor for him. He and his family are fine. No issues. Obviously, the top thing. If, if he can't come and he's not available, so be it. But what I really am interested in seeing by the time the next episode comes out is what my inventory looks like. Especially with all of these major shows. What am I taking home? What am I bringing? And, and what does my collection really transform into over these next couple weeks? And Burbank is, in my opinion, the second best show in the country. Um, the National is its own tier of show, but Burbank, Burbank is the West Coast National. I've said that a few times now. Um, EJ, Dynasty Mode, who's been on this podcast a couple of times. First off, very fortunate to know him. I've known him for a long time, well before he was working um with Burbank and, and was the showrunner and like the event coordinator with the event director I don't remember the exact title I'm sorry well before then too I've known EJ and he had this infectious energy that 
really gravitate people towards him. And you can see the result of that with the shows he's doing. And I really hope that other showrunners take that energy, like that core of what he's doing, and are able to meld that into their own. Because the shows that are going on right now that are very major don't have that marketing ability. <laughs> um, there is a reason why the Burbank Card Show grew as fast as it has. And yes, obviously part of it is being backed by um, the Burbank Card Shop, which is incredible and, and major and one of the largest, if not the largest, I don't know. I don't have that information in front of me. Don't kill me. I'm not sure. Obviously that backing is super important, but it goes hand in hand with your ability to promote yourself. <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see though, if next couple of years, because I don't expect this now, our, our, our hobby is very slow moving when it comes to adapting to information and marketing or apps or tools. Will we see a new age of showrunners who can take these main ideas that like an EJ is doing and meld into their own creation and, and create something new or, or better or, or something that's worth people traveling out of state, out of the country. <laughs> you can't say out of the world because... But you get in the Shannon Point trying to make there. I'm curious. Um, I have high expectations. I've been traveling to the show since last year. Oh, man, that sounds so impressive. But when it was in a tiny Marriott, I was the one who traveled the farthest. I, I flew out from New Jersey. I remember he made a post on Instagram like, these are where our dealers are coming from. And it's like mostly the West Coast and a couple assholes from the East Coast. I'm one of those assholes. And I crushed it and I loved it. I would do it again, which <laughs> clearly I am. And I don't know. And I'm, I'm really excited. I am very fortunate to be setting up uh, in a great spot. Let me see if I can actually pull it up. Uh, Lucas, Sports Car Mania, sent this to me earlier today, which is nice. I appreciate him doing that. By the way, he's, he's the reason why I have my showcases. I could have very easily gotten my own, but like the entire show experience is really more so about who you set up with. Not necessarily where, I mean, it's important, but like, if you have your friends, people you rely on and trust, it goes so much farther. I mean, as long as you're not in like fucking Narnia or the Starlight Room, if you're in Dallas, in my opinion, that, that group sucks. But like, once again, if you're with good people, it, it's so much better. You, you gravitate people towards you that you want to. Let me see if I can make this a little bit larger. This is going to look like ass, but it's fine. Excuse me. Gonna share the screen. There we go. All right, cool. So second floor, we've had this conversation a little bit. I know the two floors could be a little finicky. I'm excited to see how EJ and his team handle that because people don't think. <laughs> dead center, like literally dead center. Um, it's gonna be interesting. I'm so excited. I, I do feel for Kai. I, I don't know if he's gonna be able to come to the show now because of the hurricane. Um, I saw a picture of one of our friends who were traveling in for the show. He changed his flight. Um, I think he was supposed to fly out Wednesday or Thursday. He changed it to like a, a Monday, a, a Tuesday morning flight today. And the airports looked, <laughs> the airports looked bad. So hopefully he got in safe. I've not heard anything from him today. So I can only imagine it's not gone the best or maybe he was able to get in and, and went to bed and that's even better I, I hope that he um worked out for him but 
dead center, good spot, good people. It looks like there's a couple booths still open, or maybe those are just like, this picture's a little old, it's possible. But I'm excited. I think, according to this, we're at booth. Da, 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 excuse me. Oh, well, all right. I, I think we're booth like 500-ish. <laughs> um, oh, half of 643, 644, 645, and 646. That means so much to me, of course, as much as it means to you, loyal listener or viewer of the Soul Terribly podcast. Hopefully, able to figure it out. If you're there, I'd love to see you. Grab a beer if you can drink. Grab a soda if you can't. I don't know. Hang out. Make a deal. How terrible, right? We're all, we're all here to buy, sell, and trade items. A lot of stuff that I have that I'm going to be bringing with me has not been posted on Instagram. At least not in post because fucking I got it. Yes, I got it yesterday. Or yesterday at the time of recording. A lot of stuff. And I'm excited to um, price it. Put it in my showcase. Hopefully sell it to you. Make a quick buck. Hopefully you flip it. You come back to me buy more. Oh my god, how terrible, right? We could all <laughs> do well. So crazy, man. It really, this is such a... I love this industry. I, 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 I've shied away from calling it a, the hobby. Because first off, calling sports cards the hobby is, is, is stupid. It's fucking stupid. That's a stupid nickname for a hobby. <laughs> you can't call it the hobby. Who, um... Who died and gave you that right? Did stamp collecting get phased out? Did Tamagotchis say, hey, man, you could have this? Um, did stamp collectors come out in a union and say, no, man, we have the hobby. We're older than you or X, Y, and Z. Calling something the hobby, pretty dumb. I I, <laughs> I don't know who who um who created that and how long ago or what, but like, that's a pretty pretentious, which makes sense. Once again, in our industry, industry, you can call it a hobby if you choose to, but a lot of people, a lot of smart individuals, um, really do look at this as an industry because there's a lot of money in it. And I think we walk this fine line every now and again between hobby, business, personal collection, inventory. Uh, what I'm trying to find right now is the thing I posted a couple days ago, which was like my little tips and tricks for success. Um, once again, uh, take every piece of information I ever say with a grain of salt. I am incredibly sarcastic. I like to ship post. I like to poke fun at this industry because in my opinion, the way I look at things is if you really love something, you're able to be critical of it. Not because you're trying to tear it down, but because you're trying to build it up. And part of that is at least in sports cards, <laughs> making fun of how fucking absurd our hobby is, our industry, our business, everything <laughs> from hype beast influencers who I just personally don't agree with um, their, their sales tactics, basically like used car salesmen to overpriced products to Dick Sporting Goods memorabilia in, in a case of $20,000 worth of cards, everything under the sun to, to um, I don't know, Gary V. Colts, to people who follow Instagram influencers and think they're gods, which we can have that conversation again. Like, I just don't, I, I really, I, I've understood this. 
people who build up others and like call them like hobby goats and hobby legends. Oh, you're such a legend, bro. It's the, it's just fucking so stupid to me. Like I, I almost look at like that terminology, hobby legend, hobby goat as almost an insult in a way. I don't think it's a good thing because the way that I see it is hobby goats and hobby legends lead hobby sheep to hobby slaughter. You are choosing to allow someone else to control your opinion, your judgment, your perspective, and they're going to take advantage of that for monetary gain. Everyone has an agenda. My agenda is very simple. And I'll tell you this every single day. I want to make the best fucking podcast related to sports cards in the world. And I don't give a shit. Whether you like it or not, if you don't, that's perfectly fine. Your booze mean nothing, but your cheers mean everything. And when you have that mentality, you can do so much more because you're willing to create an authentic experience. This is who I'm going to be forever. I will adapt and change better, improve myself every single day, all that good shit. But at my core, this is what I love. <laughs> I love the ability to ship host. I love the ability to tell it how it is. I love the ability to just come on, come on this podcast when Kai doesn't make an appearance every now and again and just speak my mind because there's no negative repercussions for it. If anything, it's only growing. <laughs> it's only positive stuff that comes um, as a result of the Soul Totally podcast. A lot of people have come up to me across the world across the country is better word not the world across the country and said hey man i love your podcast like you made a great point here this is awesome thank you for making this like what that's that's incredible that's all i want to hear <laughs> i i've never had a negative experience with someone who comes up and says hey you know i might not i might not agree with you on this but you made a great point here and that's perfectly fine. You don't have to agree <laughs> or love everything I say. That's not, you shouldn't. If you agree with everything I say, that's not good. <laughs> that's not good. And I'll tell you that's not good. But all I care about, make a good fucking podcast and, and opening your mind or anyone's mind to at least critically think. Because if you choose to critically think about stuff, your experience will be better. And your ability to grow within this industry not the hobby the industry of the hobby be much better i i've realized that while i have a negative perspective on a lot of things i am very positive i i think there's a lot of positive potential in sports cards that i shroud in chip posting and teasing because i that's how i deliver my information um and we'll see what happens. You know what I mean? This 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 episode's gonna be way off track already. Um, but it leads into my first point, and the thing I want to talk about a lot, which was those five tips and tricks I posted uh, a couple days ago, maybe a week or so ago. These are these are my opinions, my tips, my tricks. You don't have to pay me five bucks a month for them. You don't need to see a cringy YouTube video of some used car salesman or instagram wannabe influencer or even a real influencer who fucking sucks dick and is just not a good person tell you this stuff and and these are my opinions and my results um why you should listen i don't like talking numbers but like i'll just say it 
since I've been in sports cards, uh, 2015 and looked at it kind of as a business. That's something I love and passionate about. I've, I've sold a million dollars worth of cards, more than a million. I've grown every year. I've done this. Pay a lot of fucking taxes on it. It's financially incredible, but it's not just about the money. It's never about the money. Growing as a person through this industry and what I've been able to do and what I've been able to see and experience because of it <coughs> is much more important. With that being said, these are the five things that I said. Some that were controversial. I'm going to cough again, so sorry. <coughs> Let's go. Number one, this is just a finicky thing that I do, but it, it's worked for me. Uh, I will almost never add cash to a deal. If I'm adding cash, I'd rather just buy an item outright. This is <laughs> very funny. I do this because I acknowledge it and I just will not bend off this because in my mind, if this is such a good deal financially, I'll just buy the item at a lower percentage and I'll trade it or cash and trade it or sell it for higher than I'm paying most of the time. Most of the time. Once again, results may vary. A lot of the time, generally, this is not 100% of the time, every single time. So in my perspective, I would always rather not add cash. Very, very rarely why add cash. Only if I know there's no other option or I'm either into the car the guy wants for a great price or his price is very good or like it's going to walk away. <laughs> I really cannot remember the last time I added cash to a deal other than like one at a 30 table show a couple weeks ago because I didn't love the item I had and I was getting out of it. So maybe that's when I would add cash. Otherwise, I'd rather just buy the item. That's, that's how I look at it. I always believe in getting some level of cash out of an item any chance I can. Because that no matter what, that cash becomes the ability to go back in and buy more. That has worked. I tr tried and tested the method. It's worked for me. It might work for you. Except if you're dealing with me, then <laughs> if you're dealing with me, it won't work because um, I won't add cash. Number two, I look for value where uh, others don't. Um, I, I don't care if I trade for UFC, Japanese Pokemon, or Yu-Gi-Oh! If I get more value in a trade, then so be it. <laughs> Turn and burn that stuff on Discord, uh, eBay auction, Instagram story sales, consignment, whatever. This is probably my favorite piece of information because there are people who have typecast themselves into, hey, I only do basketball. Hey, I only do vintage. Hey, I only do football. Hey, I only do X, Y, and Z. I've typecast myself as, hey, I don't give a fuck. I'll buy 31 pounds of memorabilia. Hey, I'll buy soccer that I kind of care about, but not really. Hey, I'll go trade for Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh! Or I'll trade down on an item. Because it's a numbers game. It's, it's a numbers game. And I believe I have a higher winning percentage, quote-unquote, on deals than the average dealer or the above-average dealer because I'm willing to take whatever because there's so many ways to move inventory if you are willing to either put the work in 
or take a lower margin. And I can explain that in two different ways. Now, putting the work in, obviously, that's someone who, like me earlier today, got inventory in, priced it, put it on Discord, put it on Instagram story sales, sold a bunch of stuff. Now, I will either take it to Burbank. If I move it there, even better. If I don't, I'll probably put it on eBay auction or consignment. Oh, how horrible, right? I put it on eBay or best offer as well if I really choose to. Doesn't sound that hard. <laughs> it's not. Um, while your pool for potential buyers might be smaller, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't. It doesn't matter because you could always run out at auction if you really choose to. And if you take a small loss on one item, but you're one on seven others that you traded for, probably got your number on that deal. Just a way to think about it. And what I've seen in my experience when I own large items that I'm willing to trade down on. You you get good value, you really do. I um I recently traded for a LeBron James 2004 Topps Chrome Gold Refractor BGS 95 number to 50, gorgeous card. Second year LeBron, amazing item. Um, I had traded for that item at about 10k value, maybe 11k value, give or take. Um, and the deal I had gotten it in was awesome. It was a great deal. Getting cash and trade perfect i broke down that lebron james gold for like 300 cards a lot of it was cheap cards that are going to consignment with dc sports i would use kind of joku but they don't want that type of stuff so so be it that's completely fair and the larger items i'll put in my showcase i'll put on ebay auction i'll put on ebay or best offer i got time i can wait i don't mind all it takes is one person that really want that item or needs it at a show or eventually sees it on an Instagram story sale or a story post. I got time. I don't do this full time. I don't want to. I can pay my rent. I can be patient. Not bad at all. You know what? I love to turn and burn every single item every single day. Of course. But I'm realistic. I don't want to hashtag grind myself to the hashtag round. Sometimes they have to, and I choose to. I don't want to do it every single time. It's a balancing act. I might move stuff that I've had for six months, three months later, two months later. That, that statement didn't make sense. Let me try again. I might move stuff that I've had for six months, two months, three months, whatever at a show. doesn't matter. I've 100% turned over my inventory over the last year several times. I don't know that for a fact because I've seen posts and Instagram stories of myself because I'm really good at documenting that type of stuff um, where I look up my showcases and they are completely different. So I'm really, um, I'm good at turning stuff over eventually. I get my number and I move on. And since I'm someone who always gets cash because I uh, don't add cash to deals, I can reload and buy more stuff. It's a good one. Number three, and this one is um, uh, controversial is the right word. Not good advice. Another word. Take this one with a grain of salt. Uh, take your emotion out of it. I recently sold off a huge amount of PC, which was like game worn logo patches. Because uh, I realized I, I just I don't care for it. Um, once again, this is this is tough because I'm basically saying, hey, don't PC stuff, have no emotion, 
focus solely on the business. That is not good advice. But once again, this is something that I have done. And those results are those results. Um, while I may not own as much PC items like game-worn logo patches, you know what I have been buying a lot of lately? Game-worn jerseys <laughs> of players I like. Kenny Britt, Ray Rice, oh God. Uh, Logan Ryan, I want to get a Devin McCourty jersey. I want to get a Jason McCourty jersey. Brian Leonard, Robert Woods, which was the most expensive jersey I bought because I fucking love Robert Woods. And he didn't have any available at the time. I really want a Vincent Jackson jersey. Rip, he was fucking incredible. One of those guys that drafted in fantasy football every single year. Uh, Laurente Carew, I want to get a jersey. A lot of Rutgers guys, ironically. You know, the, the kid from Central New Jersey wants Rutgers jerseys. Mohamed Sanu, I need, I need to get a couple of Sanu jerseys. I've not had a chance. Um, yeah, I just... I realized the 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 game worn logo patches are cool. They were nice to own. They were very profitable when I chose to sell them. I I would rather move into a different direction with my quote unquote PC uh, and buy jerseys, the game worn jerseys of those guys, because similar mentality to the game worn patches. They're cool. I don't intend on moving the Rucker stuff. But I recently bought a Mark Ingram Pro Bowl game worn jersey. It's fucking a sick item. This is gorgeous. Pro Bowl Mark Ingram game worn jersey inscribed My Dog Pat P. I appreciate your game since college. God bless, bro. And autographed. I believe I paid 600 bucks all in for the jersey. Like, it's fucking so cool. Also, we heart our customers. Hello. I, I had a, um, I don't want to lay it on the ground, but sorry. The, the autograph is not going on the ground. The, the front is. Um, I paid like 600, 600 bucks. I sold like four or five grand worth of Game One logo patches. I'd, I'd rather have the jersey. <laughs> like, is, is that so hard to say? I, I had bought a Kenyon Drake Cardinals game game worn um, photo match jersey, like three or four games he wore in the 2020 season. In fact, 450 bucks. Maybe not, not, not 425 I paid all in. I moved it to Jack, sounds funny because he's a Cardinals fan. Sick item for him. But I moved a Dolphins game worn logo patch of him for 300 bucks. But I'd rather have the jersey that was worn in like three or four games for 125 bucks more, or you know what I mean? Like that's that's how I looked at it. Um, I'm always looking for game worn jerseys with the proper COAs, and I'm always looking at eBay, NFL auctions, MLB auctions, NBA auctions is kind of finicky. It doesn't take my credit card for some reason, so won't won't bid on there. But on golden. Leland's PWCC. I don't. I don't buy cards on those platforms anymore. I, I buy their game worn material, like the the jerseys, the bats, whatever. I've done well with that stuff. Um, I've taken my emotion out of out of the the card collecting side of it, and obviously built it into something else. I'm not telling you to get rid of your entire PC and sell off everything. And have no emotion. That's that's fucking stupid. But I'm telling you to look at it possibly in a different way. 
Number four. Um, <laughs> this, is, this is a fun one. This one I'm very good at if you've ever negotiated with me. Say no. The most powerful thing I've ever learned is the ability to say no. You do not have to give into a deal if it's not right for you. Walk away. If they really want whatever you have, they'll be back with a better offer. This actually is the best piece of advice I can give anyone. The ability to say no. Don't cave. Don't give in. If you have a price on something and it's fair, say no. They might give you a fair offer. It's not good. Not even great. Do you want a fair offer? Do you want a fair life? Do you want a fair existence? Or do you want good? Do you want great? Do you want amazing? Do you want perfect? You can be stingy. You can be overpriced as fuck. You can be wrong. But if you are... Um, if you want a fair number, you want a good offer, or a great offer on an item, say no. Especially if it's rare. I'm not telling you to like hold your stuff forever and pray to God it goes back up. I'm not telling you to do this on a Zion base prism nine. But if someone really wants something that you have, and it's rare, and it's expensive, and they really have to have it, well then they have to pay your price. Don't give in. Don't switch up your negotiating. Has to be right for you. You are the owner of the card. Do that what you will. And that in turn also works as a buyer. If you give an offer that you think is fair, and the person says no, okay, move on. Especially if it's not rare, especially if it's not that expensive. Design based Prism 9, there's 25,000 of them. You will find another. If you're buying stuff for inventory and someone is not willing to take 75% of comps, 80% of comps, move on. Maybe someone else will. Maybe there'll be another person who wants to. Maybe that person will come back to you at the end of the show and be like, hey man, I had a bad show. Let's talk. And you know what? You could use that in negotiating tactics. Maybe now 75 to 80%, you're paying 73 to 77. Oops, price today is different than at the end of the show. It's a balancing act. I play both sides. So I always come out on top. And I love Always Sunny, and that is... That's a good line. Um, I, there are a few things I quote <laughs> all the time. That one is one of them. Play both sides. So I always come out on top. And Family Guy won with the mystery box because the mystery box could be anything. It could even be a boat. The joke there being that um, they could offer a boat or a mystery box. And the mystery box could in fact be anything. It could even be a boat. That applies to <laughs> prospecting, bad quarterbacks, anything else under the sun. Or established guys. Yeah, you know where I fall on that line. I think I think established guys are generally a better buy. Um, especially when you look at market uh, inefficiencies. Like Josh Allen out, being outsold by uh, Blake Willis, so, for instance. I'm not sure that's true. Just It's an example. Chill out. I don't have the information in front of me. Or like uh, Joe Burrow being outsold by like... Who's a, oh, Kenny Pickett. I don't know. I guess that's an okay example. I, I constantly forget who's in last year's NFL draft class because it was so... Eh, it's just so... Eh, it's okay. Uh, I don't think Sam Howell is that good. Kenny Pickett. I think Brock Purdy's... I like Brock Purdy a lot because of his story. 
I don't know how good he is. I think a lot of people know how good he is. Uh, so that's interesting. Who else? Oh, God. Uh, Malik Willis. We talked about. Desmond Ritter. I, I, sorry, Kai, if you're listening. I fucking forget about Desmond Ritter all the time. Because he's an afterthought. He is. They're they are in the same spot as the Texans. If he plays well, you have a franchise quarterback. If he's ass, you, you paid a third rounder. And you probably will draft, like, Caleb Williams or the guy from Duke or whoever ends up being good. Because, hey, that's what you do when you're a young team who probably doesn't have your franchise quarterback. What were we talking about again? The ability to say no. Yeah, say no to Desmond Ritter <laughs> and all these quarterbacks and don't buy them or whatever I'm trying to get to. I think you get my point. I lost track of what I was saying. And this this fifth one is good advice. Very clearly, I live by this. Have fun. Ship host. Mock sports cards. Mock this industry. Uh, this, this industry is incredible. Make fun of it. Tease it. Except that it's fucking stupid sometimes. Um, we spend five, six, or even seven figures on pictures of men on trading cards. This fucking hobby is stupid sometimes. Own it. Love it. Accept it. It's the best. But it needs to be teased. Like, don't take yourself so seriously. My God. Like, chill the fuck out. Like, I love it. I, I would not change this. I, okay, that's a lie. I would change this hobby, this industry, over so much if I could. But but understand your role within it. Roll within it. Excel in it. And, and maybe take a piece of advice or two from me. It's worked for me. It can work for you. Uh, that'll be $24.99 to cash, uh, Venmo, political favors, uh, cashier's check. They say political bribes. I'm going to include that twice there just in case. Please, uh, always political bribes. Always helpful. <laughs> yeah, man, I, this is what happens when Kyle leaves me alone and lets me run the podcast. I, I just say some bad things. <sighs> but I try to have a good message at the end of the day. And the one thing I would say, the one thing that if you were going to listen to anything I ever said, first off, terrible idea, don't do that. But listen to this one piece of advice. It is a good one. Not always related to sports cards. A uh, good day, a bad day, start the next day at zero. Good fucking advice. Uh, there have been times where I've sold more money than I'll make at my real job in sports cards. There have been times I've lost 10 grand or more on a deal. I don't let it bother me beyond that day. I am... Uh, very easy and quick to forget my successes and my failures. Doesn't matter. I start that next day at zero. Good, bad, or otherwise. That's what I would leave it off on. So sit on that, think on that. That's that's everything I have to say. I, I reeled that one in. I reeled that podcast in pretty well. So if you made it this far, liked what you saw. Subscribe, like, share, send me some political favors, going to need those. And uh, we'll see you guys hopefully in a week with a turnover inventory, a co-host who's not underwater financially or literally, and probably something else stupid. So thank you guys and peace.